in memory of Malcolm Young from ACDC, one of our very first theme songs opening, Rick, and uh, welcome into the asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs, and we are heading into week 12 of the 2017 NFL football season. Fantasy is about shot, at least a regular season, and there is a lot to cover. And we are in the holiday spirit. Oh, it's time. It's yes, Turkey sir. Day, the Turkey Day special, special, Richard. And not only one of the first theme songs we use, the original theme song that <laughs> somebody just out of the blue, Rick, tweeted us they wanted it back. And we are a full-service fantasy sports radio show, so there you have That's it. That's right. Way back. That's what, six, seven years ago now like when we started? I forgot the the introduction was 30 seconds long, yeah. so I wonder if only that guy is still listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? But happy Turkey Day indeed. Although, I don't know. I don't look forward to it like I used to, Rick, now no. that we host at my home. Like, um, t- the older I get, the less I'm, you know. Enjoy this show because what happens is, as as every, you know, really good, solid radio show out there the uh the studio is just in my basement which is also the place where we host uh, the the Flieger family thanksgiving yeehaw and i have a couple of nephews who will most certainly destroy everything everything in this studio within 15 minutes of their arrival so this may be the last show for a while well we can still uh put one together in studio a which has been shut down temporarily but we have enough equipment that we could probably we could duct tape and yeah. glue. It'd still sound better than half these jamokes out there. Exactly. Sure. Hey, but you know what? Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than a million people have already downloaded draft. Play in a real live NBA or NFL draft right now. Be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join whatever ever draft you want. NBA, NFL, it doesn't matter. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using the promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. But it gets even better. Oh, better. Yeah, yeah. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering satellite radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code... Fake Pigskin. There you go, man. Happy Turkey Day. That's what I, I want to be on satellite radio. I'd like to. I think we'd be good on satellite radio. I know I would we, be. we couldn't be any worse than what's on there, right? No. Well, we could be, and we, we effort to be, but I think we'd be all right. Well, but, you know, Rick, winding down, I know we're kind of against the clock here with the, with the Thanksgiving holiday and, and our schedules are pressed and everything, but, you know, just a little, uh, you know, premonition. When NFL season starts winding down, your boys aren't going to wind down because we're going to roll into another show that we had on the air for a year or so. Uh, not going to change the name of the show. It's still going to be the Asylum Show. But, um, you know, we're going to be mixing in a lot of other things, Rick. Some news, headlines, weird stories, you name it. Yeah, Opinions. I, yes. 
finally some opinion. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots so of opinion. we're going to ride out the football season, the fantasy season, with the show you hear here. And then you're still going to get fantasy content, enough to justify our existence on fake pigskin anyhow. And, but, and regular sports coverage as right. well. But in the off season, we're not going to spend an hour and a half trying to predict in March – what's going to happen at the end of August, early September of 2018. So, yeah, we're going to mix all this in. It's going to be kind of an old-school asylum show. It's gotten so big, fantasy's gotten so big, that it's hard to do much else outside of that, especially with a once-a-week show like we're doing now. But in the off-season, it's not going to be hard to do. Right. And you're going to hear the asylum for what it is. Love it or hate it, like it or lump it, that's what you're going to get. And we're going to kind of go back to our roots, back uh, basically what we would call our heyday when we were on the Armed Forces Sports right. Network, Fantasy uh, Sports Network, and so forth. And, uh, you know, we actually, due to whatever, you know, personal reasons, we shut down for a while. And, and you know, we're getting rolling again. And this, this is what we do. And it's time to start making it fun again. Because l- let's be honest, what are we heading into, Wick? Week 12, right? Right. So probably 25% of fantasy players at this point don't care anymore <laughs> because they're all but eliminated. That number will be, what, about 50% next week, and we'll go down precipitously <laughs> from there as yes, I smack indeed. my microphone around. So that, that's when we're going to start mixing in, having a little bit of fun. So you'll still get your fantasy content every show, but we're going to mix it up a little bit. It has some good old-fashioned – what would they used to call it, like guy talk or something, right? I, I, that's kind of cheesy, but I think I, that's what they call it. I don't it. know that. I don't. That's what it's gonna. Talk. That's I what just, they called it. You know, I didn't make it. I up. didn't call it that. You didn't call it anything. You're listening to 1950s rock and roll on eight track all day. Actually, I didn't have eight track, you know, in the 50s, and I listened to late 60s, early 70s rock and roll. Is that like a badge of honor for you? Well, yeah, it is the greatest music ever made. Period. It's got to be better than what they're putting out today. Well, except for Johnny Reed Foley. Well, yeah, yeah, he he's getting it done. Yeah, so, so good for him. All well, right, look him up, Johnny Reed Foley. Yes, listen to that music. Yeah. It's good. It's actual country music, and not, it's real stuff. It's it's this, stuff that he writes all right, by himself from his own experience. Georgia line, Luke Bryan, pop rock junk they're putting out there now. All right, I don't know how the heck we got all over there, Rick. Let, let's get That's into the headlines. Keep the show moving tonight. I got places to be, people to see. Chris Thompson, Rick, finished out, yeah. kaput, done for the year after he breaks his fibula. Bad news for Chris Thompson owners, who at this point has been the biggest surprise. I would say Rick and fantasy football by far the biggest value going back to draft day if he even was drafted, and not not so good for the Washington Redskins either. No, you know, one of the the only silver lining I see out of this, of course, Rob Kelly's done, now Chris Thompson, but, you know, seeing, seeing Perrine actually come alive in that game against New Orleans, of course, that game was sort of back and forth out of hand a little bit, but, you know, it, it was nice to see him pick the slack up a little bit, but I tell you what, it's hard to miss what Chris Thompson's done uh, this year, over 800 yards, total yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, wow. Yeah, that that's a shame. And that's the interesting part is is what it means for P. Ryan. So, look, he's not Chris Thompson, and he's not going to fill that role. But what I find myself thinking, whether or not it's going to be successful, there's going to be a ton of opportunity now for P. Ryan, right? That I think – 
him rushing as well as he did may be the outlier here because that's really the first time all season any Washington running back has run the game as well. I don't believe, I have no knowledge that he's the pass-catching type of wide receiver that Chris Thompson will be, but that is such a big part of the Washington offense. You have to think there's going to be opportunities there. This is a guy, as I'm making a playoff push, I'm getting in my lineups the next couple weeks, Rick. I don't know if it'll be successful. It may well not be. He may not be that guy. But being that that is such a huge part of their offense, I have to believe he's going to have the opportunities anyhow. And at this point, especially if you're trying to scratch and claw your way to a playoff, that's all you're looking for is opportunities. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, the only thing I worry about um, P. Ryan is you – is I'm going to expect Washington – even though they say they won't, to have him fill both roles, the right. fat Rob and Thompson. Right. And I worry about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's that guy, but but we'll see. I think it's also interesting, you know, you take Chris Thompson out, it looks like Jordan Reed has the worst hamstring injury in history because it already looks like he's going to be out again this week, may just be due to the short turnaround playing on Thursday night. But I think Vernon Davis, you're talking about maybe the top three tight end this week anyhow. I mean, so much of this short passing game that Washington does and what Kirk Cousins looks for, that's got to fall to Vernon Davis. You take Thompson out, you don't have Jordan Reed. You know, they're they're seeing some nice downfield as Doxson's coming around. Jamison Crowder's woken up, so they got downfield options. Going to open things up. If it's not Chris Thompson and we're not confident it's P. Ryan, Vernon Davis is a guy I'm really, really excited about. And I'm glad to see the, um, you know, the experiments over. And, and Doxson's been promoted as, as a first stringer, you know, because I think this kid has a potential to be a pretty doggone good receiver. Looks I mean, like a superstar at times. Yeah. And, I, I mean, we know that, that Cousins likes to throw it. And, you know, I, I think they're not going to suffer quite as badly with Doxson in there for the majority of the downs now. Right. And, you know, and like I said, then you see – See Crowder waking up. I mean, the passing game still is what it is. But I think P. Ryan, you're probably looking what now with the way things are going, a solid RB two you know, heading into this week, just because there's so few good running backs right now. And I really think this vaults Vernon Davis because somebody's going to have to fill Chris Thompson's role in the passing game. Rick, the asylum curse is alive and well as finally 10 weeks into the season we dap up Robert Woods and now he's going to be out multiple weeks with that shoulder injury. That one hurts me personally as he's one of the few uh, waiver wire gems I managed to acquire this year and doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. Well, it hurts me too as well because I've got Robert Woods and – you know, I mean, he has been nothing but gold at 47 catches, 703 yards, four touchdowns. And the Rams are really going to miss this guy. You know, the test did come back from the shoulder, and Sean McVay says it's more positive than expected. You know, there's no surgery, but he's going to miss at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, multiple weeks is what they're Fantasy wise, is devastating. Right. To the Rams, is good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. That's fine. They'll have him right. back. It looks like if Seattle loses again, if, if they can just, if the Rams could just keep their heads above water, they can still win this division and have Woods back in plenty of time for that. Anybody, Cooper Cup, vault to you? Anybody in that Rams passing game from a fantasy standpoint to take, pick up some of this slack? I think Cooper Cup is uh, certainly in line for a lot more opportunity. 
It's interesting, though, that Woods is the one that has developed the chemistry with Jared Goff. But, you know, you're going to have to see – you hate saying these cliches, but it is next man up. When are we going to see Tavon Austin come into some sort of his own? I don't expect him to really do anything, quite frankly. Um, He just never – he just never has lived up to the expectations. Sammy Watkins – He's got to step up. Now, yeah, this you, is the guy you that would I think, think has to. You would think now that would be the guy. Don't forget, Cooper Cup was Robert Woods the first three or four games of this season. He not quite. I mean, Woods has been putting up cartoon-like numbers for, th- right. for two or three straight weeks now. But Cooper Cup was that number one option, was putting numbers in with the emergence of Woods. Cup kind of came back to the back to the pack, so I expect him. He's certainly going to see an increase in targets. I have no explanation for Sammy Watkins, Rick. They're throwing the ball well. For every report I see, Watkins is healthy. I can't explain why he's not a bigger part of this offense, why he's not getting open. I don't know what it is, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't have the guts to go out and start him this week by any means, but maybe maybe this opens you up in a week or two for, for an emergency. I can't explain the Sammy Watkins issue. I really can't, as well as things are going there. I can't either. Sean McVay even hinted whether or not it's a smokescreen or whatever, but not only Cooper Cup, but he's talking about, you know, Pharaoh Cooper, Mike Thomas, Tavon Austin, all going to get the opportunity right. to step in, basically, to step into that role. And so I, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be really iffy for anybody, really, other than Watkins or Cup. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to assume Cup is going to be the guy. We saw it out of right. him for a few weeks off the top. Do you care at all, Rick? Are you excited at all that Josh Gordon is back practicing for the Browns as we sit here now? No, I'm not excited at all because, number one, I own no stock of Josh Gordon in fantasy football. <laughs> I don't mean you personally. Well, you asked me, guy. and it is about me. So let's just stick <laughs> with the important subject, which is me. No, quite frankly, Rick, fantasy – I think he will, will help, obviously, this offense, but – what kind of, he hasn't played in what two years? Two and a half. Two and a three. half years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I highly doubt he's going to make any impact in 2017. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think if he does. You know, a couple in week 15, and he'll have nine for 140 in week 16 against. I think they play the Steelers, who may have whatever they're going to do wrapped up, and then oh boy, it'll be hot fire the entire offseason. It'll be seven months of Josh Gordon talk we won't be allowed to talk about anything else yeah and no one will will even remember that Cleveland can't run the football well right and have no quarterback they have no quarterback coach is a dummy (laughs) I mean they got some issues there outside but Josh Gordon thrived under very similar circumstances before he decided weed was way more weed and booze were way more important than, than catching football so it'll be interesting to see uh, your your man crush Rick looks a big sigh of relief from you as Kelvin Benjamin the MRI shows no ligament damage not sure if he's going to be able to play this week but looks like it was just a hyper extension thankfully he, he gives you about three scares like this a year after tearing that ACL yeah but you know what it, it really doesn't matter in 2017 no no with with this freak show in Buffalo with Sean McDermott still contemplating starting Nathan Peterman again this week. And this this has to be personal. This has nothing to do with 
bettering the team. You were five and four in the playoffs. Right, you were a the week number six over, seed almost two weeks ago when you made this decision. Exactly. So we're going to bench Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> and not only did Nathan Peterman throw five picks in one half, in one half, he accounted for ne- over over negative 11 fantasy points yeah <laughs> hey just just for context taylor comes back in throws for what i don't know 200 yards a touchdown right got them at least you know semi in the football game and mcdermott well no uh, we're, we're still contemplating this you know what stop this talk yeah zimmer the same way yeah he's come well, it's going to be kind of hard to yank Keenum now. Golly, you Why think? would you want to? Why would you ever consider? I mean, it's it's ludicrous. Yeah, and, and this dovetails nicely. None of the other headlines matters, Rick, so we'll, we'll just jump into it. I mean, this dovetails perfectly into what my first takeaway is. Somebody please explain to me why they let Sean McDermott back on the plane at LAX after that game was over. And, and that's what it is. Because here's what he did. You have effectively ruined the opportunity. Not ruined because the back end of the playoffs in the AFC are so bad. But you have severely hindered a chance to get this football team, who has the longest tenure in the National Football League of not making the playoffs, by making this quarterback switch. You, you've effectively ruined that. You've effectively ruined the career of Nate Peterman. Look, I don't believe he was ever going to be anything in the NFL, but you have stamped this kid who was not ready with a permanent X now. He, he's not going to be able oh. to get a backup job in this league from now on. So you crushed this kid's career. Just absolutely unfair. And you're right. It has to be. And that's exactly what I jotted down. There has to be something personal. Yeah. Well, you know what? But because even, you've, you've obliterated any trust or rapport that you had with Tyrod Taylor, you have totally demolished any morale on this team that there's, I mean, because you know there has to be different factions now. Oh, absolutely. Either that or they're all on Tyrod Taylor's side, which which they should be. Yeah. You know, I mean, this team is is broken now, and, and it's ridiculous. And never a good explanation. And then to come out and to double down on it yeah. and say, well, I'm not sure. Because we all know he's playing Tyrod Taylor this week. There's no just no question about it. But, but be a man enough to stand up there and say, all right, I crapped the bed on this one. This was bad, and I put this team in a bad way. I apologize to my team. I apologize to Tyrod Taylor, and I have your back. Let's dig out of this and get to the playoffs. But, no, he doubling. Well, I don't know. We have to evaluate. You don't have to evaluate nothing. The kid threw five picks in the first half. You were in the playoffs before you made this asinine decision. Right. I, it's I, okay. I'm crazy. Gonna, you're, you're, we're going to role play here. You own the Buffalo Bills. All right. What would what was your reaction come Monday morning? Truthfully, Rick. Yeah. I think they have McDermott's back on this. I think this comes from the top. McDermott isn't the first cat that's pulled this stunt on Tyrod Taylor. They have been trying any. I'm sure we've had this conversation on the air before where at the end of a season or towards the end of a season they want to bench Tyrod Taylor and we're going to move Tyrod Taylor. Okay, that's fine. There's a problem with Tyrod Taylor in that entire building. I don't know what it is. If you're 5-10, and sure, bench him. Let's see what you got. That's fine. But 5-4 and after... After nine weeks of the season and you're the sixth seed in the playoffs, okay, now we're going to experiment. Uh-uh. Not me, man. i tell you what. I would be done with that. What this tells me is it, it's always been true in baseball. 
more so than any other sport. It's becoming true in the NBA, the, the way things are going with the super teams. I don't think we realize in football, there are a precious few teams in the NFL where winning is objective one. There's very few of them. And the Buffalo Bills appear to be one of those teams where, where it's just simply not. It's about getting getting a new stadium, I have to think, because they're basically playing in a college stadium up there if you've ever been up there. It's about turning a profit. You know, they've been threatening to move. It, things like this tell me that you'll let a personal rift between your coach and your starting quarterback effectively put you at least put you behind the eight ball and get into the playoffs for the first time in what ex- excess of 30 years now Rick? Well no, I think it's what 95 years 99 or, so. okay. or 2000 something uh, like that. Yeah. But long time <laughs> Yeah, a long time. And you're you're going to let that affect it. Winning is not objective one for the Buffalo Bills. And I think there's a lot of teams in the league like that. I agree 100%. That is the most obnoxious ring ever Rick on that phone. It's yeah. like some sort of uh it's like alien invasion or something. I don't care for it. Anyhow, so so that was my first takeaway. I have another one while Rick attends to attends to that. There, I have to. Uh, I, I'm willing to call anybody out at any given time. So I'm going to call myself out on this one. I have to retract absolutely everything I said about the Pittsburgh Steelers offense last week. This show actually hit iTunes, hit the air. About partway, better than partway through the third quarter of that Thursday night game with the Steelers and the Titans when the offense completely woke up after uh, on this show just completely and utterly burying them. It's You see Antonio Brown go out and do his thing, 10 for a buck 44, three touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger found a little bit of accuracy, took care of the ball, did all this without Le'Veon Bell running. So I'm going to call myself out after finally 10 weeks into the year climbing up on my soapbox and declaring the Steelers' offense a complete dud. I might have I missed that one. Yeah, but I think more more to the point is they probably listen to the show. I could be at a motivated. And, yeah, and I mean it's about time, boys. I always send Simple them an advanced copy because, like I said, the ultimate irony is I post this show started it at halftime, so it hit iTunes about three quarters of the way through the third quarter. <laughs> where there's where I'm crushing the Steelers right. off and, and anybody pulling double duty listening to the show and watching the game like I was is going, listen to this dipstick. What is yeah. he talking about? But luckily well, I sent that advanced copy to Ben Roethlisberger and apparently he had this major tirade on them at halftime and woke him up. And I like to think the show had something to do with it. Oh, that. I know it did. There's no question about it. He, you know, he thanked us. You know, oh, in, a, in a private, I, yeah. you know, I am on Twitter. Oh, you know, see, I, I stay boys. off yeah. Twitter, so yeah. th- that's good to know. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have a takeaway here through uh, week 11, Rick. I, I have division power rankings. Ooh, now, obviously, wow. leaders of the division, this is an individual team. This will come a little bit later. But I'm going from weakest to strongest. All right. I think the weakest division right now is the AFC West. Every team has glaring weaknesses. And from Kansas City, who's oh, lost five out of six all the way down. Lost five out of six and are almost in an unbeatable position to win that division. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, next, NFC East. I mean, you have Philly in basically the shambles yeah, right now. It, it, it's all coming apart. Uh, just total disaster, giving one away by Washington, who had a chance to end Dallas. I mean, wow. Yeah, Dallas. How Washington good, can't stop anybody. You want to know how good Ezekiel Elliott is? Watch you, watch you at Dallas, Dallas Cowboys game. Watch you Dak, Pre, Dak Prescott compared to what he did last year. You got that right. Coming up middle of the pack, uh, AFC East. 
You have New England and then all the wannabes. Well, that's kind of been the story for 15 years. Exactly. <laughs> you, you got that right. Nobody can even come close. It's crazy. Next, AFC South. Hey, you basically have Jacksonville, and I think they're just a bully in a division of yeah. sissies. Tennessee lends some greed, credence, but uh, after the wax and Pittsburgh handed it to them, I mean, they're they're just not there Jacksonville's either. Jacksonville's for real, aren't they? Oh, best defense they're, they're, in the they're league. They're the real yeah. deal. I think they so. They play just enough offense, and that defense makes enough play. I don't know if they can go deep in the playoffs. They're just – Usually you have to take take one on the chin in the playoffs yeah, for a year. before you get going. But, but, but that team's going to win the division, and they're going to make it real rough on somebody in the playoffs. They're going to win a wild card game. They could hurt somebody. Yeah, well, you think about it, Steelers or the Steelers drop one game and Jacksonville keeps winning, Jacksonville's going to get the bye. And let's not forget what Jacksonville did to Pittsburgh. Exactly. They just stomped a mud hole in them. <laughs> exactly. Okay, NFC West. Rams are still young. You know, Seattle has a decimated secondary, and then you have San Francisco and Arizona. Doing San Francisco and Drew Stanton type thing. <laughs> AFC North. Pittsburgh's a contender. Baltimore defense lends legitimacy, but, you know, the offense is terrible, and the other two are horrible. Yeah. NFC North. Minnesota's real deal. Detroit's a threat. Green Bay, they're still at 500, but they, they've got no chance. Oh, and then no, Chicago. Uh, and I think the strongest division is the NFC South. You have Tampa through all their problems or one game below 500. And the other three are, are playoff contenders. And that win that Atlanta had got their swag back too now. Yeah, the, boy, the, the story changed on those guys real quick in, in two weeks. And that's a game I actually predicted. You could see it coming. They started to wake up a little bit. Devontae Freeman being out, imagine you get him back. You know, and look at it. Matt Ryanrick didn't even throw for 200 yards on Monday night. So that pass game still isn't where it needs to be. But they found balance on offense. They're getting after the quarterback. They're playing good enough defense. They look like a playoff team. And the Saints, you know, again, just like I said about Jackson, they're they're for real, aren't they? The, the New Orleans Saints are going to the playoffs yeah. and are going to be a tough out for somebody. There are some tough outs in the NFC right now. If and you they're look doing at it with it. Drew Brees. Not, not, I think, because of lack of ability, because of lack of need. Drew Brees essentially doing nothing. This is running and deep. The New Orleans Saints are winning football games based on running the football in defense. I never thought I'd say those words. Until, until they hit a team like, like Washington did to them, where Brees actually has to start doing something, and he can still do it. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing. And they run all over Washington, find themselves behind, and then we say, all right, we're down 15 with four minutes to go. All right, Drew, you go ahead and take care of this. And all he does is go 11 for 11 on those final right. two drives. That's a scary football team. Yeah, it is. If that defense is for real. Y you wonder. So they came back to the pack a little bit against the Redskins. But let's be honest, the Redskins have done that against everybody. They did it against Minnesota. They did it against the Rams. Sure that, that offense is that good. Now, they find new and creative ways to lose games. Yeah, they're starting to get themselves in the San Diego Charge or the LA Chargers, excuse me, pantheon of finding ways to lose games. But that offense is putting up 30 on absolutely everybody. So I don't know if I'm even worried about the Saints' defense after that performance. No, I, I agree. They're um, they scored over 300 points this year, second, and they're only a point behind the Rams. And everybody talked about the, you know right. the ne next coming of the greatest show on turf, and you know they've given up less than 200 points. And so when you're talking basically leading the league, they're behind Philadelphia's too, but they're, they're in the top three or four right. in the league in scoring, and you're giving up right around the same amount of points as the Philadelphia Eagles, 
I think that's a real complete team, yeah. just like the Eagles are. A- absolutely. Yeah, we didn't even mention the Eagles and what they're doing. The top end of the NFC, and really the playoff picture, the NFC has really surpassed the AFC this year. Oh, I mean, let- as we sit here now, right, Baltimore's in. Buffalo's barely out. The Bengals, as awful as they've been, are barely out. The sixth seed in the AFC yeah. is going to be real easy. Somebody can back into that one. Yeah, you look at the NFC right you have Philadelphia 9-1, and Minnesota 8-2, and Saints 8-2, and Rams 7-3. and That takes care of the four division winners. Now you have um, Carolina at 7-3. and So they're in. Seattle, Atlanta, Detroit, all 6-4. and four. What that tells you, Rick, is a 10-win team is not going to make the playoffs in the NFC. Right. And a 7- or 8-win team is going to make it in the AFC. It's one of the, And we've, we've seen it opposite the last several years. Yeah. Was that year Seattle got in at 7-9, seven and nine, seven I and believe. Nine. I think won a game because that's the way that works. Because of the Marshawn Lynch <laughs> yeah. run. Right. Yeah. So, I, I think that's what you're going to see. But there's going to be a 10-win team in the NFC not get in this year. I agree. All right. You know what it's time for, Rick. Game ball goes to. Game balls week Ten, right? Week ten. Eleven. Well, last week we're giving them out for week ten. No, we're or giving them out for week eleven. This well, is week I want to give out week ten. We did that. Well, maybe I have a better one. You don't know. You don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, that that's for sure. <laughs> you are fake news. I know. I love that. Drama. Well, you know, I really thought that I got a, a really good deal when you and I made a trade. Yeah. And I still think it was a good deal. I mean, I, I still had the highest-scoring tight end. You did. I traded Keenan Allen for Travis Kelsey, but uh, game ball's got to go to Keenan Allen. 12 catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns. Finally, he explodes when he's finally off of my team. Well, that's what he needed. He needed to get away from right. that vortex of suck <laughs> that is any fantasy football team Rick owns. Although this was good news, Rick, and it got me the win in the eighth win in the Caveman League this year, which should, unless I have a real swoon, should essentially at least get me back into the playoffs. Oh, you're in the playoffs. After my drunken fiasco last year uh, excluded me from the playoffs coming off a championship. But I'm nervous, and now I'm wishing I hadn't made that deal, and here is why. Every time Keenan Allen does this, Last time he put himself out for a year, it was on the heels of a 15-catch game. Every time Keenan Allen does this that we all know he's capable of and why we're all enamored with him, he goes down the next week. I am going to be white-knuckling this week watching him play. I've called L.A. asking them to sit him down until the fantasy playoffs start. For some reason, they've yet to return my call. Imagine that. He loves to follow double-digit catch games with season-ending injuries. And so I, I'm very scared. But I was very excited for this week. And you got to win. I got to win. Everybody won. Everybody won. Travis Kelsey, I still think, is going to pay dividends, you know, the latter few games of the regular season here. And if uh, enough pieces fall into place, the playoffs as well. I wish I had that trade to do over again, Rick, and I wouldn't have done it. Here, here's something I didn't noodle when I made the deal. So I don't think we talked about it on the air. So I'd acquired Ke- Travis Kelsey in a trade a few weeks back for basically peanuts. I got him for nothing. 
And then Rick, uh, I was really short on wide receivers. The injury bugs started to catch up with my wide receiver core. And Rick offers me Keenan Allen and Benjamin Watson for Kelsey. So it's, it's some of its parts. Rick really took me to the cleaners on that one. But it gave me a legitimate tight end where I had none. The Austin Hooper experiment had failed for me miserably. And I needed that wide receiver, so we made the deal. What I didn't factor in is Ben Watson isn't going to put up the types of numbers he has with Danny Woodhead coming back. That's where I probably should have factored that in. I thought about it as I was setting my lineup, looking at Ben Watson and thinking, crap, Woodhead's back. There's seven, eight, nine, ten targets right there. We know Joe Flacco will throw it 80 yards down the field, but he can't hit anything more than three (laughs) yards beyond the line of scrimmage. So that's where Watson had value there for me, right? Right. But where now you factor Danny Woodhead in, he's really digging into that workload. I wish I had that one back. Unless Keenan Allen keeps catching 12 balls a game, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, and on the other side of the coin, conversely, I didn't – count on Robert Woods hurting his shoulder well, right. that yeah, very after, week. So. After you give up Keenan right. Allen. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so we screwed ourselves, yeah. which, which is what we tend to do. <laughs> exactly. And why we're still doing this show in my stupid basement instead of in the sparkly new Manhattan studios. But it is Sirius a nice XM. studio, though. Oh, I mean, I like you know, it's, it's not some dark, dank basement. It is insulated. It is soundproofed. I mean, we've got a real studio. Well, it's still it in right. your house. Yeah, it's just <laughs> in my house. Yeah. Where I never get to leave. All right, Rick, my game ball. Game ball goes to. We talked about Pirine, so I, I'm not even going to go there. We already talked about him. I'm going to give it to Tariq Cohen. Finally, Rick. Finally. Tariq Cohen has come back. Fifty-nine, Only 59 total yards got in the end zone. But what I feel good about, he was on the field for over 30 snaps. And I believe two or three straight weeks, Rick, I had absolute hissy fits that every time this kid touches the ball, he makes plays. And John Fox, all he did was send him in for warm socks between quarters every game, wouldn't get him on the field. I just wonder, they were able to move the ball. They should have won that game against Detroit. If their kicker could get a ball within 40 yards of the goalpost. Did you see the end of that one, Rick? That it's, missed it's, kick? It's horrifying. 20 yards to the right, not 20 feet, 20 yards to the right that thing was. Should have won that game, and Tariq Cohen was a big part. Jordan Howard's doing what he's doing, putting up 100 yards, getting in the end zone every week. But he's doing it on 15, 16, 18 carries. He's not getting 40 carries. There are plenty of snaps for Cohen. You have a quarter. You have no wide receivers. You have a quarterback who's struggling to get the ball downfield. Maybe finally they're going to start using Cohen as, as they need to and as they should have been all along. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they quit using him when they had such success the first couple of weeks of the season, especially. And to your point, Jordan Howard getting it done, 125 yards, you know, and another rushing touchdown in that game against Detroit. Like you said, a game they should have won. They should have won the week before. Right. I still, I still am at a loss at how the referees came to the conclusion when they spotted the ball on the one foot line. This is two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And Fox challenges it, says it's a a touchdown. Then they determined, well, it was fumbled through the end zones in this Green Bay's ball. It, to me, I just don't. I just don't. 
Well, I put Get that it. on John Fox. There's no way he was in the end zone, so keep your mouth shut. Stupid. No, it's first and goal. Right. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you can't just do a couple of quarterback yeah. sneaks. Yeah. Four, try that four times. If that doesn't work, just put everybody on the bus and get out of there because right. you're god-awful, <laughs> kind of like my Pitt Panthers on against Virginia Tech on Oh, Saturday. we don't want to talk about Pitt Panthers. Yeah. That, that is not even a legitimate Division One program. All right, well, that leads us right into, Rick. Other than the entire Pitt athletic program, Rick, who's your stinky sock for the week? Sean McDermott. <laughs> I think absolutely. And there's, we've already covered this whole Tyrod Taylor thing. And, you know, just to add on to it, you still have to give one to Nathan Peterman. There's no excuse if you are a second-string quarterback – you bring in Frank Reich, he's not throwing five picks and a right, half. Right. You know You're, right. You're right. That's, there's just no no excuse for that whatsoever. Almost negative 12 fantasy points. I'd just like to put that in perspective. You know how tough that is? It, it takes some doing. Yeah. It takes some doing. So, I mean, those are my stinky socks. Yeah. And Sean McDermott, what you do is you hand him the stinky sock. You gimmick it up however you want, Rick. You're always better at that. Gimmick up that stinky sock, hand it to him, and while he's looking at it, hit him in the face with a snow shovel. That's what should happen to Sean Oh, yeah, no doubt. All right, Rick, for me, my stinky sock goes to finalists were Jordy Nelson, 2 for 24. Not his fault, but you have to give it to him. He is killing teams like he is to me in the Scott Fishbowl. Doug Martin, only 38 rush yards in a week where I had him as a start. It's never going to happen for Doug Doug Martin. But Rick, my stinky sock goes to, in the vein of Nathan Peterman, it wasn't near as ugly, but the results were pretty close to the same. Dak Prescott, Rick, 145 (laughs) pass yards, three interception. He ended up, if I'm not mistaken, Rick, by the caveman scoring at Negative four fantasy yes, points. Yes, he did. From Dak, Dak Prescott, <laughs> Rick, Dak Prescott. You don't think the, the left tackle's important? You don't think Ezekiel Elliott's important? Take you a look at what Dak Prescott's done these last two weeks. I'm sorry, Dak. I like you. You're a good dude. You're fun to watch when things are going well. But for this week, it was bad. And honorable so bad. mention, Jay Cutler. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much every week, isn't it, Rick? I think. Well, you know, then he'll then he'll come out and throw for three thirty, you know, in a losing effort. So, yeah. all right, Rick. Well, I tried to put us together a quick Thanksgiving game, but for the life of me, I couldn't remember what we did. So we'll just go with an old standby. Uh-huh. We're gonna pick our poison this week. I was gonna do something. Who? Hey, are we? let's pick our turkey. Just pick a turkey? <laughs> I don't we know. need another end to it. I Is need, the turkey the good thing or the bad thing? I needed a the theme, so. You just oh, want to push the turkey button. Wait a minute. Here we go. If I, uh, Here we go. This is bad. Okay. Because we know what happens to him. And this is good. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Well, that's cute and all, and I'm glad you're in the holiday season, but I'm just going to give you two players and tell you to pick one. So why don't you just pick a player and you can hit the turkey after everyone? I don't care. Okay. You're obsessed with turkey. Nope. I'm just going to answer the questions. Obsessed with turkey. I'm just going to answer the damn questions, all right? (laughs) Answer the damn questions. You're a little surly today, Rick, for the holiday. I don't know. If I never do. All right, Rick, for the love of God, pick your poison. You're going to notice a little theme to most of these. Pick your poison rest of the way. Jarek McKinnon or Latavius Murray? 
become a legitimate question. I didn't think it would have. Oh, it's, weeks it's ago. a very legitimate question, and Latavius Murray right now certainly has the upper hand. They're still kind of splitting the touches. I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing the way Latavius Murray is running. I think I'm going to give the nod to Latavius Murray, even though he's not quite as good in the PPR format. He's still making up for it, and he's scoring touchdowns. That. You nailed it right there, Rick. This answers Latavius Murray because, to your point, the carries are almost dead even and have been the last couple of weeks. But when they're down inside the five, it's Latavius Murray on the football field, not Jarek McKinnon. And McKinnon, unlike Dalvin Cook, is not catching enough passes you know, in a PPR format to surpass the value that Latavius Murray is getting with all those goal line carries. Which is interesting because you can see – the evolution of Case Keenum. Right. Because when Cook went out, and, of course, Keenum was the star when Bradford went out, I mean, even when Cook was in there, receptions to the running backs. Then Cook got injured. And you remember the first couple of weeks, McKinnon, a reception machine, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of points. Now it's Adam Thielen. Right, you know, and it's going more downfield. Kyle Rudolph's getting a little more work. It's kind of here taking Stephon Diggs out of the mix. Yeah, Stephon Diggs is, is, which could be, which could lend to a positive note come playoff time. Yeah, he kind of becomes a forgotten man. Exactly, because <laughs> any given week he can go eight for a buck sixty easily. Exactly, easily just come out of nowhere. All right, Rick. On that same vein, pick your poison rest of the way: Devonte Parker or Kenny Stills. Mm. Still going to have to go Parker. I think so. He gets a lot more care, but Stills does so much more. Remember we talked about how stunned yeah. we were to discover in July or August. I remember it was like getting hit in the head with that snow McDermott snow shovel where <laughs> he caught nine touchdowns last year, and here he goes again. He makes touchdown right. catches, makes big plays, but, yeah, Parker gets targeted so many more times. It probably is. But I'll tell you what, Kenny Stills has made himself almost a weekly flex option in a PPR league. Oh, I agree. And, and it'll be interesting also, you know, a caveat to this answer is what happens with Jay Cutler. Does he stay out? I may start leaning towards Stills. If it's Matt Moore all the time. Well, but if remember, if Matt Moore starts, it's a well, complete disaster. <laughs> yeah, so you he looks gotta, like Nate Peterman. Right, right. You've got to drag Cutler's carcass out there to play the first series. <laughs> right. Then you bring Moore out, and he's Johnny Unitas all this. I'll <laughs> exactly. never understand. In relief, the guy's the best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> if he starts the game, he makes Nate Peterman look like Joe Montana. It, it, it's insanity. And while we're on the subject of Dolphins wide receivers, I still see it every week on Twitter, Rick. I still see it on all these websites, and I hope I don't see it on fake pigskin. But but if it is, listen up. We'll for, call them out. For all you donkeys who still insist because he didn't look right in his underwear, I never did grasp why all the hatred for Jarvis Landry is, take a stab, Rick, in the 2017 season in full-point PPR leagues where Jarvis Landry falls in terms of wide receiver rankings. Oh, he's way up there. I don't know the exact. Seven. Seven. I was going seven. to say eight or nine. Okay, seven. so he's seven. And still, you'll find some asshat on Twitter trying to tell you why Jarvis Landry sinks because his yards after contact aren't as good and his, his underwear didn't look right at the combine. I don't know what it is. All these people will not back off. Here he goes again on his own, Rick. Here he goes again, top ten fantasy wide receivers. So, shut up. 
67 catches, 567 yards, and six touchdowns. And remember, we talked about if he could get the touchdown numbers up, how good he'd be. Well, he's done They're it going this up. year. He's done it this year. I agree. He's, but listen, yeah, like he said, I love that. I love that um, phrase, asshats. But all you asshats, <laughs> listen to who he's behind. Can we call the show asshats? I think we can. Well, I don't we? care. Yeah, it's our show. Behind Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Larry Fitzgerald, A.J. Green, and Keenan Allen. Those are the only receivers That's he's behind. Yeah. So, you and know, he wouldn't be behind Allen if he didn't score 5,000 yeah, yeah, points last week. If he week. didn't catch 27 right. balls for 1,400 <laughs> yards last week. So here's the notables behind him, and I'd love to hear the asshats make the argument for why every one of these guys is so much better than Jarvis Landry. Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Golden Tate, Woods, Julio Jones, Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, Demarius Thomas, T.Y. Hilton, Kenny Stills, Mike Evans, Crabtree, Brian Funches, Robbie Anderson. Keep saying it, stupids. Keep saying it. I, I dare you. I'll keep drafting Jarvis Landry and laughing all the way to the bank, and you can mock me as the Revenge of the Nerds rolls on you can mock me i'll go ahead and win my league well <laughs> analytics point to i the love fact, your analytics voice <laughs> <laughs> analytics point to the fact that jarvis landry has minus seven yards rushing this year so that definitely negates the impact that he has in the dolphins offense and his hands his hands measured 130 seconds smaller than everybody you listed behind and that will catch up with him eventually indeed indeed adilio yes <laughs> Hot diggly dog. <laughs> He's a Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders. Yeah. Asshats. All of you asshats. All right, Rick. Rest of the way, pick your poison. Doug Martin or C.J. Anderson? Oh, People are a, in this boat. How about a bullet? Um, <laughs> you, you could have that. We could do that. Martin. Probably. I C.J. Anderson just finished. They're trying to work Booker in. They, they don't want to give up on Booker. I, I, I agree with that one. Here we go. Back to the theme, Rick. Pick your poison. Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman? Uh, Coleman I I think so you you worry I am still hung up I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this that undisclosed injury from a couple of weeks ago it doesn't seem to have had anything to do with the with with the very next week in that first possession getting in that concussion but but something just quite hasn't been right now now as I look I don't know his numbers are probably better than I thought well they're better than Coleman's but if you look at but he'll, not better. He's only two slots above. You're looking at 117 total and a PPR to 114. Only three points difference. Exactly. But you, you realize Devontae Freeman has not scored a touchdown since week four, the week before the bye. And his yardage basically has gone down. Um, in week six, he had 68, then 72, 41, 46. And then, of course, he had the concussion against Dallas, and, and he was out. But, yeah, there's there's something – awry with Devontae Freeman if, if he was having even three quarters a year he had last year you wouldn't even have this discussion yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. very close yeah yeah I agree and I think it may be Coleman especially in a PPR and he seems to be you know he's only been in the end zone what five total times three rushing touchdowns so they, they don't do a lot of running down around the goal line I guess well, which actually eight let, rushing touchdowns between the two of them yeah so which actually lends credence though to Tevin Coleman then if you're having passing situations down there it's probably Coleman they're going to run on the field all right and last one Rick rest of the season pick your poison they're right beside each other much one much lower than I thought he would be Mike Evans or Marvin Jones 
Uh, I tell you what, I think Detroit's a threat in the NFC. I don't think they're going to win the the championship, but I think they they certainly could have something to say with as you bang more stuff over there on your microphone. I like Marvin Jones. I think so. It's I think we've all steered away from him been cautiously optimistic because remember he got off to that gangbuster start last year and faded all the way gradually all the way down to nothing by the end of the year and then we saw the emergence of Galladay in the preseason and even in week one and then Galladay gets banged up and we're kind of waiting for him to come back and take that deep downfield roll away right. from Marvin Jones and it hasn't happened Galladay you know Galladay may work his way back in a little more as he gets healthy and he gets on the field but they've got a legitimate weapon there in Marvin Jones, and I think Matt Stafford's finally realized it, and Golden Tate's working the underneath stuff, and they're getting Jones free. Jones is getting the targets down by the goal line. I don't If it's working, I don't know why they would try to force-feed Galladay in there. And look, I thought last week was prime for Mike Evans. You, you get a Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in, albeit a, a true veteran and a good quarterback, but a backup quarterback nonetheless. And you think we're going to get back to the original Mike Evans, right? 15, 16 targets, and he's going to pull down seven or eight of them by default. And it's just not there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's not healthy. If, I don't know what's going on with Mike Evans. You know, I could blame Jameis Winston early in the year, but now we haven't seen any change in his stock with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So something's up there. Well, there's no run game, right? Well, that's a big part of it. And 10 weeks, 11 weeks, 10 games – a pattern does make right we say right. in week three three weeks does not a pattern I make mean, 10 does i have no confidence mike evans is going to turn around so I, give me the guy who's scoring every single week give me marvin jones and it, you you think about the difference in tampa bay from from these couple of years when mike evans was huge and you see mike evans and of course you doug martin's still there james winston's there He's ancient and he's gone, I know, but you don't have a Vincent Jackson. Right. This big guy that's not that akin to an Anquan Bolden. Get some short, tough catches. You got Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that's a different. Instead of Vincent Jackson. That's a totally different Jackson out there. He's a burner, takes a top off. But that, but that's not what this offense needs. You know, and that and, may be it. Maybe it's Mike Evans trying to work the underneath, and he isn't that guy. You know, maybe it's he's in a role he's less comfortable with with Deshaun Jackson filling the downfield role. Yeah, it could be. It, but there's something just they haven't adjusted to this switch in personnel. Plus, there's no run game. Yeah, and they stink in general. Well, they're four and six. They've yeah. actually won a couple in a row. Yeah. So I mean, they're actually starting to gather a little traction with Fitzpatrick, believe it or not. Yeah, they stink. They stink, Greg. All right, real quick, any starts, any sits, and no bye weeks this week. So no, this which is, is a, very nice. With so many damn injuries, this, this start-sit exercise almost become redundant at this point. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, we, we brought them up and pick your poison. I think Latavius Murray is a nice start at Detroit on Thanksgiving. He's certainly been – Proving himself the last couple of weeks, he can find the end zone. Detroit's not the hardest team in the world to run on. And, uh, you know, Minnesota, that offense is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Even though, you know, they got some quarterback that uh, analytics say that uh, (laughs) we should have Teddy Bridgewater in there. I'll tell you what, a start for me, I'll stick at the running back position. Jamal Williams didn't put up huge numbers, and I know Ty Montgomery may be back this week, but I think Jamal Williams going up against the Steelers on, on Sunday night, as good as that defense has been, 
I think Jamal Williams becomes a big part of that offense. I think they force feed the run the, in a PPR format especially. I think he can catch five or six balls. This is a guy who's going to have some lower end value for you from here on out unless Ty Montgomery gets back 100%, which, boy, unfortunately for this kid, is a kid I had high hopes for. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Aaron Jones not only hurt, but now also in trouble with the loss. <laughs> yeah, so great. so I, I think Jamal Williams has value going forward, and I, I don't hate him this week against the Steelers. They're, they're not going to have no yards, right? So you Williams, would hope not. Williams is the only Jordy Nelson has been close to that. Yeah, in the he, last he's been trying three or four weeks. He's been exactly. doing his damnedest to have no yards. But I like Jamal Williams. You know, if I had a start until I realized that you know this this hammy is really not going away. I thought Juju Smith-Schuster would be a great start against Green Bay. But I mean, I mean, he was probably a start anyway. But now you better watch what that hammy's doing before you get him into your lineup. Let's go to a sit, sit Mr. Flieger. I tell you, if, if you didn't notice it the last week or last two weeks that Adrian Peterson looks like an old running back now on a bad offense, throw him up against that Jacksonville defense. I'd yeah. put him on the pine on my fantasy lineup yeah yeah i i think you're gonna see those flashes from him we saw what his second week in arizona the week they gave him 37 carries there'll be games like that but he's not going to perform consistently and that that jacksonville matchup is a bad one for everybody i i don't know why here we are heading into week 12 and we're still all resistant to it but the jacksonville jaguars are probably in fantasy terms easily the best defense in the national football league for me rick uh, where am I going to go? I had Jordy Nelson. I had Joe Mixon. Those seem obvious. Here's one. How about Derek Carr? And this kills me to admit it. This kid, I had such high hopes for him yeah. going into the year. It's just just flat isn't there right now. It isn't there. Going up against the Broncos is bad as they've been defensively. This is a division game. They just got called soft by John Elway, which I think probably <laughs> carries some weight when it comes from John. You know, when it comes from us, it doesn't mean anything. When it comes from John Elway, it, it might probably mean means something. a little bit more. I mean, right, get down. I mean, you're Derek Carr, and you're going up against the New England Patriots, who, who you know are going to beat you and are going to score a bunch of points. But you go up there and you just lay an absolute egg against what is still, in my opinion, a bad pass defense. Something in right for that with that offense. Amari Cooper stinks. Crabtree's been invisible. No running game to speak of. Derek Carr's just been a letdown. And I'm not starting him against the Broncos this week. I'm not doing it. No, I, I don't blame you at all. I mean, he just doesn't really even belong on fantasy lineups no, right now. No. He's just not. Unless it's and, I mean, if, if we're going to sit here with egg on our face, I'll take it on Derek Carr because I had I had this guy a top seven or eight yeah, quarterback yeah. preseason. Yeah, I think I had him six, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. i got to give you another sit here, Rick. 2.5 yard, yards per carry with 20 carries versus Denver. Cleveland six versus the rush two, so I, I wouldn't look for anything out of Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, I think, but we keep wanting that to happen. And Hills out, and Bernard, I don't, I don't think he's banged up. They're just not getting him on the field, so you'd really think this would be the emergence of Joe Mixon. And again, it's just, just flat in there. And Cleveland is a good run defense. Hard to say, find anything positive to say about them, but Cleveland does have a good run defense. You know, and I actually sat and watched uh, basically the whole Jacksonville Cleveland game, and. It was, it was a very, very good game defensively. Yeah. And you could just see it come about the second half of the third quarter. You could just see it, the three and out, three and out, three and out. 
Cleveland defense getting tired. They kept yeah. coming back on the field. Oh, kept back, and then finally it was just Jacksonville, pound, pound, yeah. pound. They were getting tired, and, and you could see what yeah, happened. They, but, the offense can't move the ball. Deshaun yeah. Kaiser loves to fumble the football. They're, they're on the field constantly. You, you do feel sorry when you see a nice defensive unit out on the field right. playing about as well as you can play and just – it just doesn't do yeah. them any good. It's just it's not worth their while. All right, Rick, let's move on. You know what? I played with you for a little bit. I let you have your fun. I let you get back in the mix on these game picks. And then last week I decided, you know what? This is done. Here comes the train. I put you over my knee and spanked that ass as your boy Rick Flieger goes 12-2. and 12-2, and two, Rick, on my game picks last week. <laughs> yeah, you had a good week, but uh, this far I'd, I'd from like over. I'd like some more acknowledgement on it's how far good from to over. go twelve and two it's is in far this crazy from league. Over. And this crazy league, twelve and two is a wow. Far from over, Mister. Oh, it's over. That freight train is coming. Yeah. Uh huh. We shall see. Would you go again? <laughs> I did have a bad week at eight and five. Yeah, that, that's no good. So you find yourself down what five games? Five now? games with yeah. uh, what? Oh, about four more weeks. Well, this is week 12, and there's 17 weeks. So we have five weeks to go. Oh, yeah. Plenty of time to lap you. No problem no, no, at all. I'm putting up. Well, let's get it started then. All right, Rick. Lots of Thursday night action, Thanksgiving action. Between that and the beer, the only thing that salvages this godforsaken holiday. First one, we know the Lions host this year. It's the Minnesota Vikings. This should be a good one. This Finally. Should, yeah. Usually this game's the dog game. Right. This might be the best one this time. You know, and everything tells me – and, and I'm going against my inner hunch. I want to take Detroit, but I got to go Minnesota. I, th- this team, they, they just seem to be so good. After watching them against the Rams, right. I, they just look so good. I'm going Minnesota in a very close game, 31-26. It's funny. My gut, my hunch told me this was the Vikings, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I find myself taking the Lions here. I, I just feel like – as good as Minnesota is, as good as Case Keenum's been playing, are they just going to walk away with this division and you don't have Green Bay as competition anymore? I just Something special about Matt Stafford, you know it's going to be close. You know Matt Stafford's going to have the ball in his hand late in the fourth quarter with a chance to win this thing. And I, I just got a feeling he's going to get it done. So I took the Lions here 27-24. All right, uh, what's normally the more exciting game, this is going to be a dog this year as the Cowboys host the San Diego Char- the Los Angeles, for Christ's sakes, Chargers. It's been 11 weeks now. You know, I still maintain the Chargers have a chance to win that crummy West Division. Yeah. They're two games behind the Chiefs who've lost five of six. And Dallas, we talked about them. I don't know what's going on with them, but they just look like they are getting steamrolled every week. And I'm going Chargers 28, Dallas 20. I don't think we talk enough about how good that Chargers defense is, especially that defensive front. And they can't protect Dak Prescott. They can't run the football. And I have to think, after just getting curb stomped on Sunday night, that quick turnaround to a Thursday does no favor for the Cowboys. No chance to recover from that. I agree. I thought we'd differ on that one. I actually kind of considered this still an upset. But I got the Chargers here by a field goal, 23-20. to and the, the Thanksgiving night tilt should have been a good one. I bet it looked good when they scheduled it in the offseason, but now the Redskins host the Giants. 
Well, I don't look for any 12-9 game in this no, this fiasco no. here. I think Kirk Cousins is going to light up the Giants, and, and it would not surprise me that Eli lights up Washington. But I think Washington is – it's hard to say they're a better team. I, I just don't know if they're as big a shambles right. as New York is, even though they're both banged up and they certainly haven't lived up to any expectations. I'm going Washington 35 New York, 28. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I just don't think the Giants, as bad as the Redskins' defense is, the Giants have enough offense to keep up with Kirk Cousins, especially with that pathetic secondary the Giants have, and I have the Redskins 33-23. Heading to Sunday, a reeling Chiefs team hosts a Bills team that, well, we've talked enough about them. If Peterman starts, I mean, <laughs> I, I may have to jack my score up. I had Kansas City in a very close, tough game that they basically must win. I mean, I, it's a must win for both teams. They're in Arrowhead, so I gave Kansas City the nod 24-16. Yeah. But if Peterman starts, it might be 55-10. Yeah. I don't know. I got it 27-17 Chargers, and if Peterman plays, I you adjust that to or what I say. Chargers. Yeah, I mean Chiefs. Okay. If if uh, Peterman plays, I bump that up to one twenty seven to seventeen. <laughs> With apologies to the Peterman fan, I do like the kid. Yeah. He's a nice guy. I've met him several times. All right, Rick Colts hosting the Titans. Titans coming off a whitewashing. They are, but it it is the Colts and Tennessee's what six and four. They're right in this thing, and I think they're a much better team in Indianapolis. I'm going Tennessee twenty seven, Indianapolis. 18. I think this is going to be one of those exciting down to the wire. These two teams, irregardless of which direction either one's heading, play really close games, really fun games. I'm going to give the nod to just the better team here, which is the Titans at 31 to 30. Bengals hosting the Browns. Super Bowl preview. This this is one that I actually spent way more time on than I should have. Because you're trying to find a win for the Browns, aren't you? I I know I find myself doing it. I am, but I can't find it with Cincinnati. Dalton lit it up a little bit last week, and you know you just have to compare quarterbacks if everything else... Look, I I like Cleveland's run defense a lot better, but Cincinnati can't run the football anyway. So, I'm going Cincinnati, and it's going to be a close game to me. i got to buy a field goal, 23-20. Yeah, inexplicably, the Bengals find themselves right in a playoff hunt. Right, so Amazingly. if they can get up for that, and I don't know if they can because they're just not that Marvin good. Marvin doesn't really seem yeah. to worry too much no. about playoffs. No, that's he knows you're going to lose in the wild card it's round. Anyhow, just so, another trip he has yeah, to take. So why right? get all excited? Right, but uh, my score is very similar. I got the Bengals here, twenty-four twenty. Falcons suddenly on fire, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are starting to look like the Atlanta Falcons again. Um, this is going to be a tough game, I think, because. We talked about Tampa a little bit. They're actually starting to play a little bit of football with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They've won a couple in a row. They're almost 500. Atlanta's a better football team. I'm going Atlanta in a close game, 32-27. Yeah, I think you, yeah, I have 30-21, so we're not that far apart. All right, Rick. Patriots hosting the Dolphins. The Dolphins get their revenge. 41-6, Patriots. 49-17. We're not that far apart. All right, Rick. Eagles red hot hosting the Bears, who play everybody to the last possession but ultimately lose. Yeah, and they just don't have the guns to keep up with with a a powerful offense like Philadelphia. Look, we've already talked about the run game. But that's about all they have. Their their defense is pretty fair, but it's not going to be able to stop Philadelphia. I like uh, Philly by two touchdowns, 31-17. I think I got a feeling the Bears keep this one close and give the Eagles a little bit of a scare, but ultimately the talent is so 
so to the one side of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'll take them by a touchdown, 27-20. Jets coming off the bye, hosting the Carolina Panthers coming off a bye. Yeah, uh, Carolina, they're a better football team, I think. We, we've praised the Jets enough for doing more with nothing than most teams could have. I like Carolina. I think it's going to be a close game. I gave, I gave them a nod, 24-21. You, you know, I hate picking the Jets because they'll, they'll surprise you with who they'll beat and – they're just such a better football team than we thought. But but the or the Falcons, good Lord, the Panthers are right in the mix here. I, I think they've got a chance to, to make a deep run in the playoffs. Cam Newton's starting to look like his – This is a 7-3 football team. Yeah, yeah, you forget that. It doesn't feel like it. It hasn't always been pretty. But I, I think the Panthers end up running away with this one in the end, 34-23. 49ers, Rick, host the struggling Seahawks. Well – that was that was a, a surprising loss to Atlanta, but but let's face it: if Seattle wins and the Rams happen to lose against a very dangerous Saints team, they're tied for the division lead. This is Seattle all the way for me, and um, I got them thirty-four twenty. For some reason, these division games, even when the Seahawks were good and you feared the Seahawks. These would be ugly, field goal, turnover, fest, grind it out. I have a feeling this is the same thing. Any times those have happened versus the 49ers or in previous years when the Rams were bad, the Seahawks managed to win this thing by a field goal in a disgusting game, and I think that happens again. So I've got the Seahawks here 16-13. to Rams coming off what was a pretty good butt whooping in Minnesota back home to take on the Saints. It doesn't get any easier. No, it sure doesn't, and they're they're going to be playing a team that can light it up more than Minnesota can, believe it or not. And this is this is a game here that could be make or break for the Rams. I, look, I think they're going to be in the playoffs, but you know, a little bit of crestfallenness after uh, that that de- defeat in Minnesota, and then all of a sudden, fifteen points down, and here come the Saints. It's got to end, right? I mean, they, they're not going to be 14-2, are they? I wouldn't think uh, so. I'm going on Rams minor upset, 29-28. Yeah, I don't even see it as an upset. I think this is an even game. I got the Rams here, 27-23. And I based it almost on what you did. The, the Saints have to lose eventually, right? And I think going out to L.A., we're going to find out who the Rams are. Was that start legitimate, or are they going to start to, to revert back to the mean? We're going to know. I think the Rams are for real. That's why I picked them here. No indictment on the Saints, quite frankly. But if the Saints go out there and lay it to them like the Vikings did, it's going to tell us a whole lot more about the Rams than it does about the Saints. But here, I'm going to take the Rams, 27-23. All right, Rick, Cardinals, and I don't know for all I know, you're playing quarterback this week at home taking on the Jaguars. Yeah, this is a game that, by all appearances, Jacksonville should just bully their way to a win. I think this is going to be a tough game. I, I think they're going to harass Arizona's cart quarterback, whoever, if it's Stanton, if it's Gabbard, whoever it is. But for some reason, I think uh, Jacksonville is going to struggle going out to Arizona. I'm going Jacksonville in a squeaker, 30-28. to 28. Yeah, this feels like a game that Jacksonville is going to give back because of what we know or what we think we know about Jacksonville. I think that defense that defense is 100% for real. Leonard Fournette in that run game is the real deal. Blake Bortles 
is not losing you games. He's not winning you games, but he's gotten back to not losing you games. So I'm going to pick the ja- – I would not be stunned if the Cardinals found a way to win this thing, but but I've got the Jaguars 29-16. If it plays out just based on talent, I think they're that much better than Arizona. And, I, and I'm still thinking that, that you and I both and a lot of other people are still using that oh, yeah, Arizona's better yeah. than this. Yeah. Jacksonville's not this good. Yeah. We could be totally dead wrong. Yeah. It, it could be a thirty to seven blowout. Yeah, and it, it probably should be right. But right. you know, you know, I'm starting to think with these two teams. But they are who we thought they were. And we love- you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Just, all right, Rick Raiders oh. after a whitewash and hosting the Broncos after getting called soft by John Elway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just pathetic. It is. It's pathetic. Both teams right now. I cannot believe Oakland came off of a bye. And look like they were sleepwalking oh, out there. If you can't get up for the Patriots, you can't get time. up for anybody. You, you can't. You. This is the thirty-second ranked defense in the league, and quite frankly, they've been playing better of, as of late. Right. But to score eight points, well, that's it. You can see Tom Brady any week against any defense somebody. going up and Certainly. putting up thirty. But for you to put up eight, and that eight came in pure garbage time. Exactly. That, that tells me the Raiders are a garbage team. And and I don't really know. And, and I feel the exact same way about Denver. Right. Their defense certainly isn't anything to be vaunted and feared like it was a couple of years ago. The quarterbacks. Well, now it's Paxton Lynch this yeah, week. Yeah, Paxton so breaking Lynch. in another new one. Right. You have no run game. Oakland, you have Marshawn Lynch. He's crazier in a, in a hoot owl. <laughs> uh, you've got Amari Cooper can't catch a cold. And you have Derek Carr that, by all rights, should be a top 10 quarterback. Is invisible. Yeah, just isn't. It should be, but isn't. I'm going Oakland 20, Denver 17. <laughs> I got the Broncos 20, 17. All right. No good explanation. Flip All that for that. Yep, flip a coin, you're a loser either way. All right, Sunday night football. This looked like a doozy about six weeks ago. Not so much now as the Steelers host the Packers. However, you never know with Pittsburgh. Well, they'll, they'll play down to Brett Hundley. Trust me. This will be Brett Hundley's best out Coming out party, yeah. I promise you that. I like, I like Pittsburgh. I think they're one of the elite teams in the AFC, and Green Bay doesn't have the tools to keep up with them they don't have the defense certainly that pittsburgh does i'm going pittsburgh 38 green bay 20 yeah this is less about green bay's inability to move the ball because the steelers will play down to him it he'll turn the ball over a bunch but brent hundley will have his career high in completions and yardage i guarantee you that but that defense is pathetic and Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger in prime time at home coming off that game they had. I got the Steelers here 30-13. to And Monday night football, Ravens hosting the Texans. This is one that I was mulling around as well. I mean, Houston, I think they've got enough defense to stop the run game. Which is all you need against that team. Which, and we know that DeAndre Hopkins basically is not going to be stopped no matter who's the quarterback. I'm going Houston in a bit of an upset here, 27, Baltimore 23. I gave it a lot of thought. I just didn't have the gut. Somehow, Rick, and I can't explain it, but somehow Baltimore has, what, five wins? 
they just keep finding ways to win games. And the Texans are playing everybody close, good team, bad team. It doesn't matter. They're just sort of good enough, right? Tom Savage is just sort of good enough with what DeAndre Hopkins does in the running game. But in the end, maybe it comes down to the field goal kicker, right? There's just something. The Ravens are finding ways on defense and special teams to win games. This is a team they should beat. Right now they're the sixth seed in the playoffs, so they've got something to play for. So I'm going to take the Ravens here by a field goal, but I would not be stunned if it went the other way. That's a coin flip game if there ever was one. It is. And, I mean, really what sort of made – I was looking at – like you said, that somehow they have five wins. I was looking at the schedule. They've beaten Cincinnati. They've beaten Cleveland, Oakland, Miami, and Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's how they won five games. That's where the, the – But now they're playing the Houston Texans to their, with Tom Savage starting. But to their credit, they do have three shutouts, which right. is tough to do in the NFL. So, yeah, it's a coin flip game. All right, Rick, it's time. we, we, we still got 15 minutes left, so plenty of time. You've got mail. All right, our needy listeners, Rick. <laughs> you love that button. Stephen Butler. Steve, oh, Butler, a local. Get your little pencil out. I got it. All right, Steve. Pick what's two up? with standard scoring. All right. Lamar Miller. Okay. Alex Collins. Okay. Isaiah Crowell. Orleans Darkwa. Okay. For me, without giving it too much thought, Lamar Miller's just the best running. Well, that Ravens defense, it doesn't matter. Lamar Miller and Orleans Darkwa based on the matchup. I, I agree 100%. Okay. We have Rob in Akron. Robert. It just says Rob. Robert. What was that from? Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Robert. Oh, jeez. Well, I enjoy <laughs> yeah, that. I can't have fun? Thing. No. Is it just all business? <laughs> PPR. Oh, all right. McKinnon. Okay. Or Cohen. I thought this was a great question. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to overthink. It's McKinnon. Do you trust Cohen to be on the field 30 times again next week? You know, John Fox is a boob. Is what it boils down to. It should be Cohen. If they get Conan on the field enough, he should outperform McKinnon. But I'd, would you be stunned if we come out and he would have got 12 snaps this week? I'm not going to trust it. You know McKinnon's going to get half the workload. G- give me him. I'm not going to overthink and it. And I like them a little better at Detroit defense than against the Philly defense yeah. as well. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Here's another. Ro- oh, this is two in this a row. is Robert, Robert, not Rob. Roberto. Robert, Roberto, in Wheeling, Wheeling, blessed by Gumber. We got a lot of listeners in West Virginia. We must appeal to their their Why sensibilities. Not? Oh, it's a there. beautiful state. Love West Virginia. It's off. Rivers or Goff? Rivers or Goff? Okay, so Goff. I guess we only ask that because we're worried about the the matchup. It's Goff. He's just better quarterback. It, it, it's it's Jared Goff. I'm not fussing with matchups with him. I think he's about matchup proof at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to go along with it because just all season long he's been getting it done. And, you know, Phil Rivers, you'd like to think you're going to get a 35-point day out of him, but you never do. It just doesn't happen. No, you're just not going to. So, yeah, I think it's Goff all, all day. Okay, we have 
Um, Greg in Zanesville. Zane, oh, Ohio. No, Alaska, yes. Well, I don't. How would I know? Because you're supposedly intelligent. Well, no, I'd never claim that. PPR. All right. Adrian Peterson. All right. C.J. Anderson. Whew. Frank Gore. Oh, I feel this dude's pain. It's it's just Frank Gore. C.J. Anderson, you should have dropped by now. We had Peterson as a sit. You had him. I had him on my list as well. So, by default, it's Gore. It's got to be Gore. They're coming off a bye. They're at home. We talked about these competitive AFC South games anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I think – He'll get in the end zone, I think, anyhow. The yardage might not be there, but I almost guarantee you to at least one Frank Gore touchdown this week. Would not doubt it. Okay, we have Al. Are they in- ever going to get Marlon Mack involved, do you think? They show flashes when they go away from him for long stretches. Yeah, it's... I mean, he's a terrible running back, but why aren't they getting him more involved in the passing game? I thought it was going to happen, what, about four weeks ago I declared it here, and then it just went away. Well, that, that seems to be the... The thing with Indianapolis, it seems like one week it's Marlon Mack. He's the next big thing. Then Jack Doyle has a big day. T.Y. Hilton has a couple yeah. of big weeks. T.Y. Hilton it, does nothing, and in every four weeks he catches 12 for 220. Yeah, nothing's consistent or right. spread out. There's really nothing that you can count on with Indianapolis. And that may be the Brissett thing. You know, Maybe that's the True. learning process for a quarterback. He'll find the one matchup he likes and keep And keep then he'll be out of there next year. Well, yeah, certainly. I, you, know, you, you hope so because that means Andrew Luck got healthy. Which is still a worry. Okay, we have Al in West Mifflin. You can call me Al. Who sang it? Was that Paul Simon? Who sang that song? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a good song. It's an 80s song. You were still listening to that 60s acid rock. You would probably missed it. I can't trust that Tyrod Taylor is playing. And I, <laughs> you can't I, trust I, it. I agree, Al. But who would you start? Wow. Yeah. Keep your eye on Tyrod Taylor just to see. Savage, Bortles, Matt Moore. Okay. So the the answer to this is Taylor. I 100% guarantee you Tyrod Taylor plays this week. But to answer your question, Tom Savage, seriously. It's got to be Blake Bortles. If Moore's starting, seriously, we talked about that. If they start. Jay Cutler, then maybe you put more in, <laughs> in your yeah. lineup and root for another concussion. But, yeah, this is Blake Bortles. <laughs> Just by default, quite frankly, this is Bortles. It's going to be a rough go for Bortles, too, I think. But I think Tyrod plays, so I don't think you have much to worry about there. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah. God, <laughs> would that it, this late, really do it again? Late, yeah, exactly. I, he did it once. Why would I, I guess it's surprising yeah. that he'd be dumb enough to do it twice? Yeah, I'm sure he's got plenty of money. I get fired. Somebody will hire me, right? Yep. Okay, we have Aaron in Winchester. Hey, Aaron. PPR, Doug Martin, Jamal Williams, Danny Woodhead. All right, Woodhead messed me up there. So I throw Martin right out the window, right? He's finished. I had Jamal Williams as a start. I do like him this week. But Woodhead's a – what do you have – Three catches last week on five targets. Do I have that right? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It wasn't a, a stellar so they, breakthrough. They but eased him back in going up against the Texans. At home. 
I'm going to stick with my start, Rick, with Jamal Williams. I think he has a nice week. This is really, really close, really close. You just wonder, are they easing Woodhead in? You know, they getting Collins on the field. Buck Allen's still hanging around. I don't foresee yeah, – Collins had a nice week last yeah, week. I don't foresee any eight or nine catch game from Woodhead just yet. I think as we get further into December and he's back 100%. I'm going to go with Williams here, but this, this is razor thin. And if you want to disagree – I'll tell tell A.A. Ron here to, to go with what you say because I'm really on the fence on it. No, I think I'd go, Williams. Woodhead doesn't really throw me. He's been out how many weeks? Since week one? Since week one, yeah. Since week one, ten weeks with a hamstring, and I can't see this workload really mounting on him. You're going to take your time getting him there. With the success Collins had, right. actually. Ex- exactly. So, yeah, so I, I'm with you, Williams. Look, Doug Martin, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable to me. It, it is. And we talked to Dad early in the year that, um, you know, Jaquiz Rogers yeah, was, some, was somebody to watch before Martin come back from the suspension, and he did absolutely nothing. Martin comes back, has that big debut game, and has basically disappeared. They don't use – you're seeing Peyton Barber get a lot of work in yeah. passing yeah. situations. So yeah, that's just a. I thought if we saw, I was hoping really as a Jaquiz Rogers owner in a lot of leagues early on. I've long since cut him in every league, but well, yeah. I was hoping Doug Martin would struggle like this. They go right back to Jaquiz Rogers, and I thought he'd be a stud. And they're number one. They're not even putting him on the field outside of special teams. Uh, Charles and, Sims getting more playing yeah. time than, than either one of them. Yeah. I mean, not. Martin, obviously, but Rogers or Barber, right. but it, it's crazy. I, I don't get it. But either way, it's an ineffective run game. Okay, we have. Oh, you're, you're making little gestures there. No, nah, I was. Uh... Oh. <laughs> but you are amusing the hell out of you. <laughs> obviously, this is an audio meeting. So you can see Rick's over there just cackling. He can't form words, and I have no clue what the hell's going on. I've, I've just. I'll be all right. Okay, we have Sam and Lincoln. This is a great question, too. PPR. All right. DeMarco Murray. Okay. Latavius Murray. Ooh. Okay. So we got Latavius going up against Detroit on Thursday. Tennessee's playing the Colts. Give me DeMarco Murray. I'm with you. I'm with you. Number one, I think he has. Can you tell me what you were chortling about? No, there's nothing funny. I'll tell in that you later. Oh, no, okay. I'll tell something you later. Appropriate. All right, I'll tell you later. But uh, no, Demarco Murray is, is going to get a much bigger share. Right. I mean, it's going to be split more even in Minnesota. I think. Okay, Red in Gettysburg. Red. Now, that's a man's name. That's Red. right. Red. Remember that old trucker singing guy, Red Sovine. Yeah, yeah talk about yeah, Red Foreman from that '70s show. He reminds me a lot of you. Did you ever watch that show? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that's you. Hundred percent. I kind of like uh, being Al Bundy. That was more. Al Bundy was a little more jovial than you are. Well, that's you're, good you're, you're more red, red foreman. <laughs> okay, go back and check him out. It's on every channel all day. Every yeah, day. I know, no doubt about it. But anyway, red ass. He's in PPR. All right. Paul Richardson. Okay. Josh Doxson. Okay. Randall Cobb. All right, we can throw Cobb out. I don't trust any Packers wide receivers. 
Richardson's an all-or-nothing guy. I think Josh Doxson's a real deal. We have seen the emergence of him. He's the number one wide receiver on a really good passing offense right now. Crowder's emerging. You take Chris Thompson out. This is Doxson. Frankly, it's not all that close. I don't need all this explanation for it. Well, actually, I mean, three weeks ago, I'd have probably said Richardson. Oh, absolutely. But with – Finally, the the prior experiment's over with. Yeah, he's shut him down for the year. Yeah, it put Doxon in there. Now he's a starter. And, yeah, I mean, I don't even think you have to think about it. And I like Richardson. Don't yeah, get me wrong. But he's one of them all-or-nothing kind of guys. He right. needs that one big play to supplement the three or four catches he's going to have otherwise. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I think Doxon's a real deal. And, uh but Washington has a pretty good matchup, I believe. I actually forget. Oh, they're playing Thursday the Giants. Night against the Giants with a pathetic secondary. Right, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you have much to worry about with that one. Okay, we are up against the clock here, about ready to get out of here and enjoy the holidays. But we have one more. We have Fred in Youngstown. Fred. PPR. Okay. I'm ready. We have... Alex Collins. Okay. J.D. McKissick. All right. I, I've, I've been in this guy's situation. <laughs> and Mr. Williams from Miami. Hmm. Okay. Which well, had a nice game. Yeah. I mean, he's actually performed. Well, let's throw McKissick out. We don't even have to discuss McKissick, do we? I don't think so. Alex Collins, being that this is a PPR and Danny Woodhead's back, I think this is Williams by default. I, I don't feel good about any of these. I don't see Bill Belichick letting his running game beat them. They're going to be down big early. But th- this is Williams here. I'm not ready to trust Collins. You know, Collins is, has been doing well. But but like you say, in, in PPR, I think he's limited – with Woodhead coming back. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he's probably going to pound it the first couple of downs, but I think Woodhead comes in on the passing downs, and I think that's the, the key right there. So, yeah, I think it's Williams. And I, I, think th- you, I think it's safe pick. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And I think in a PPR, you can see the Dolphins down about 60 at halftime, right? And then so you're just dumping it off to Damian Williams and Drake, right. quite frankly, the whole second half trying to move the ball. But one nice thing, you know, that I like about Damian Williams is is Kenyon Drake had such a dreadful game last right. week. Yeah, he may have earned a lot more of the work. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it, even if an even split, if it's garbage time, he's probably going to be a safer pick. So I, I like Damian Williams in this one. All right, in agreement again. All right, well, it's time for us to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Good luck in all your leagues. I'll get that for you, Rick. There you go. <laughs> Check us out. Keep those questions coming. Asylumfootball at gmail.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter. Check us out on fakepigskin.com. Lots of great content Get there. Get your questions in on the Thanksgiving games before, say, 10, because we'll probably be asleep and drunk by then. Drunk as a rat by 1130, <laughs> I guarantee you that. So we appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. To everyone in Pennsylvania, good luck. First day of buck season. It's the real national holiday in Pennsylvania. That's right, man. Good luck to all you. Till next time, we'll see you. Take care.